0: This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast
1: with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I've got a conversation with the guitarist from a group from Melbourne called Mother Slug. His name is Regan Batley, and the catalyst for the chat with Regan is due to the launch of a new album from Mother Slug titled Blood Moon Blues. It's out now, and as you'll hear throughout the conversation, I'm rather the fern, it must be said. Something interesting about this chat here, and you'll hear why in the moment, this band here, I believe, has one of the heaviest guitar sounds in existence. So I wanted to try to get to the bottom of how Regan, Regan puts everything together. Here's the evidence. I love this song. This is the second track from Blood Moon Blues. It's titled Hordes. Once it's done, we'll dive into the chat. Let's go. been enjoying this album of yours that's for sure
2: oh thanks mate yeah appreciate it long time coming obviously you know in the context of um you know like the world that we live in these days so Mm. um good to finally
1: get it out into the world yeah i was surprised i've got to share that with you and i hope. Please take that as a compliment. You get sent so many things, stuff coming from Dicey's, generally of extremely high quality. So I wasn't surprised at that. But wow, once your music got its hooks into me, I listened to it. I think I listened to hordes about a dozen times in a row when it finally yeah. hit me, and oh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Man. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah.
2: Ah, yeah. oh, cheers, dude. Yeah. It's um, you know, it's been a long time coming. Um, like like the um like the formulation of this album, like, uh, you know, is, is kind of, has, has kind of come over the last, you know, maybe like two or three years. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, actually just like trying to get things done and recorded and out, like, as with a lot of bands, I'm sure it's it's been like a massive challenge and things have been delayed and, you know, <clears throat> kind of like, I guess every step of the process, like, um, you know, we encountered like varying obstacles and whatnot. And um, yeah, like it's it's good to have it kind of finally out there for people to enjoy and um, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I guess Hordes Hordes was actually one of the first songs that um, we wrote after um, after our previous album Electric Dunes of Titan came out. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one's been kicking around for quite a while now so I guess for us like it's pretty old like we've heard it for a million times like a million times but um you know for the majority of people they're hearing it with fresh ears so it's really nice to you know to hear that sort of thing so yeah Mm.
1: I'll I'll ask this question that I'd love to dive into some of the nuances around how you construct the songs and I don't don't usually do that too often because I know it can be fairly staid and boring to do that but I think it's it's very important to do that with you because I have not I'll make this point, sorry, and then I'll, I'll ask the question. But look, because, the, the, of course, the name of the album is Blood Moon Blues, okay? And, and I feel like it's an album that is right up there with Dope Smoker, Through Silver and Blood, Dope Throne, and uh, a band that I used to really enjoy, Godhead Silos, Skyward and Triumph. It's got, it's got that quality to it. In other words, I think this is an album that could potentially be listened to in 20 30 40 years time and it's going to have a similar impact a bit like what dope smoker does every day someone picks up dope Smoker and goes here it is I found it people are going to be doing something similar uh for you there I know it's a it's a lofty bit of praise probably pretty heavy praise in some ways but would you agree or do you accept the comparisons that I've made
2: ah oh, geez I mean it's yeah it's certainly high praise like like it's it's you know it's something that I'll, i would struggle to to kind of say yeah you know like this is this is as good as as dope smoker or or something or like something like that or, or dope throne just because you know they're obviously such iconic albums um mm. and i guess like they have had that 20 or 30 years um gestation period you know yep. to get to get to that but like you know i mean yeah i don't know i I'll probably i probably wouldn't want to be saying that right now, maybe ask me again in 30 years and we'll see. But, um, you know, I, I really, you know, appreciate the, uh, you know, the comment anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all just, we're all just fans of, of, uh, music and, um, you know, like, just try and try and put out the best kind of, um, you know, like like product that we can and for, for people to enjoy and, um, you know, any sort of feedback like that, you know, we, we really appreciate and, you know, like we all have day jobs and everything. And, and so yeah. for people to, to, to take the, um, like the time to be like genuinely interested in, in our music, um, we just, we just find it really, I guess, flattering and, um, and really like hum- humbling in a way. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. It, I, I know I hate that praise on, and, and you're right. It does remain to be seen, but I, I, I feel like as though at this point in time, it's, it's only now that Dope Smoker feels like it's getting its due. And I've spoken to Matt Pike about it. He's 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 a bit like you. He's like, oh, you know, we did the album. Yeah, it's great that it's kicking off, but nobody really gave a shit about it back in the day. Just keep that in mind. This was the sort of attitude. And, and I didn't even know about it back in the day. I, I'm sorry. I, I'd heard it but it, through the pages of Metal Maniacs, but it went like this. Yeah. It needed, yeah. to your point, that gestation period. This is music that needs to stay with you for some period of time. And on that note, your timing is excellent with an album like this because with dope smoker achieving such legendary status it's been re-released again yeah with a with a marijuana leaf embedded yeah. in it have you seen yeah, that it's all right. yeah <laughs> yeah so i so I feel like your timing is good and and if nothing else, it means that you'll get a lot more attention than you otherwise would have,
2: yeah, hopefully um you know uh like I guess we we would just kind of put it out with um you know like a, an open mind of, of like, you know, where it could go. And, and, you know, we're certainly open to, um, you know, opportunities that, that may arise, um, like, you know, because, because of this album, um, uh, yeah, like we're just, uh, I guess, um, just kind of, just kind of playing it by ear and and seeing what happens. You know, um, Mm. I, I think like with Dope Smoker, like that was certainly ahead of its time. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, with, with the passage of time, it's like, you know, it, it's gotten its due now. And, you know, if that happens for us as, you know, as well, and we're all like a lot older and a lot uglier and, you know, there's interest still in, in this album, you know, in that time, like, well, you know, that'd be amazing. Like that'd, that'd be great for us. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just all kind of enjoying the ride, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hear you about your comment up top about it all just still having day jobs and the like, and it's just the way of the world these days, really. But you, you have crafted something which does actually add to the pantheon of sounds from this genre in that I will credit you with this. I haven't sound this music sound as heavy, as dense, okay? And that was what I alluded to earlier about going into more of the way in which you... It's not about songcraft, but it's about how you achieve your sound. And that doesn't mean the amps and guitar pickups and all of that sort of stuff because I'm a muso, as you can tell. It's about your wrist, even the density of the plectrum that you're using, this sort of thing. So I suppose my question would be, if you can answer it, if you, if there is a way to answer it, how did you achieve your, your sound? I know it's such a broad way to ask a the, to approach the topic, but can you even begin to start answering that question?
2: Yeah. I mean, look, probably, um, look, just the fact that, I mean, we're not like, none of us, I guess, um, like, um, like virtuoso musicians, you know? And so we, um, like we all kind of, um, I guess, have, have found our voice on our instruments in a way that is, I guess, maybe somewhat unique to us. And that, um, you know, like, I guess our, maybe our, our technical shortcomings, um, and that sort of thing have, have maybe led to like a bit more of an individual sound in a way. Um, I don't know if that's kind of like a bit of a, bit of a vague answer. Um, but you know, like there's, there's a lot to be said for, um, I guess, just trying to, you know, like like do things in a way that sound right to you and it, and it creates like maybe a bit of a, a unique voice on your instrument or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I guess, you know, a lot of it would be down to um, to gear and that sort of thing as well. Um, you know, like I get, I guess from a guitar perspective, like, um you know i have a bit of a um a mishmash of um of, of gear that has kind of come together to to help me create you know like the mother slug guitar sound yeah. um and uh and yeah like I, I guess that's probably it it's probably just like like four four individuals that, that love music and are passionate passionate about what they do and um you know like when that kind of comes to together it kind of gets filtered through through the band and, and out into what what it is, you know. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Do you write the music and then present it to the band and then do you workshop it, so to speak, in the rehearsal studio?
2: Y- yeah. It, it, um, the songs come about in a variety of ways. Um, you know, it's, uh, a lot of the time, like, either myself or Nick the drummer um, will, like, like come to the band with like one or two riffs. Um and then like like we'll jam on on those riffs and then you know something might grow from that. Um and then and then Cam will generally put lyrics to that. Um you know sometimes ideas come from just like jams that we have a lot of the time, you know, if we're rehearsing or something we might have a warm-up jam. Um and and you know sometimes ideas kind of come out of those. Um, And, and sometimes like, um, you know, like full songs just kind of appear in a way. Like, um, I generally, I generally, generally find, um, the songs that are kind of like like my, my favorites or the ones that I prefer are the ones that just kind of happen all in one go, you know, and, um, it's very rare that that happens, but, but when it does, um, they tend to be, in my opinion, the best ones.
0: Hmm.
2: So, yeah. And all, and then obviously when that does happen, it kind of makes the whole process easier because the songs, you know, like I might come to the band with a completely written song and
1: then we've just got to put some lyrics to it and it's done, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Did you have to go through that process, that that Faustian deal of going through gauges, string gauges and even as I said up top, you know, the, the plectrums and even amplifiers and that sort of thing, did you have to go and spend your, you know, your tens of thousands of dollars potentially going through gear before you arrived at that sound?
2: Not really. It just, I guess it was all like a bit of a happy coincidence. Um, like when I joined the band, um, like I was just playing 10 to 52s anyway, um, in, in drop C, um, okay. and yeah, like, uh, I've always kind of just used jazz threes. Um, and, um, yeah, like I, you know, I, like I use an AD, orange AD 30 head. Yeah. Um, which, um, yeah, like it, you know, it's not the biggest amp in the world, but, um, I think for what we do, like, um, like it allows me to really crank it and hit that headroom. Um, and yeah. And then in terms of pedals, like I've got, like, I guess my, my main dirt pedal is a, um, is a Catlin bred supercharged overdrive. And, um, like when I was first taking guitar lessons, my, um, my guitar teacher recommended, um, that pedal to me. And, um, like that, that's pedals just stuck with me ever since. I love the way it sounds like it's not like a classic fuzz or distortion. Like, um, you know, it, it doesn't have like um, germanium or, or silicon um, yeah. chips or anything like that. It's, it's got like yeah. cascading gain stages and it just sounds different. So I, I, I liked it, you know, yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah I, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, I figured you'd be an orange guy. Yeah, I, I did watch I did watch a YouTube posted live performance, which just, oh, I can't wait to see you guys when you come up here, by the I, way. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, I was watching that, but uh, look, as we know, the sound is really coming directly from your amplifiers. It's fold back, and there's the PA which is bouncing off the sides of the walls too. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, it's a tough question to pose and and potentially answer. But do you have a strategy for live performance around that? Like, do you bring your own sound man along to ensure that that shit's tight?
2: Not really, to be honest. Like, we don't we don't even really sound check. We just kind of get up and do it. <laughs> of course (laughs) Um, yeah like basically like i mean i guess the loose strategy would be um like for the most part um like instruments are just kind of coming from Mm. the stage um and then and then um like the the mic um like through the pa and stuff um but you know occasionally occasionally like I'll, i'll turn down a little bit and um uh, and you know, like let the, let the sound guy kind of, um, like run things through the PA, um, yeah. to an extent, but, but for the most part, it's, you know, we're, we're just kind of blasting it from the stage. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did it, did it take you a long time? We, we all know what it's like as musicians, when you're first starting your live performance, it's, it's bloody daunting at first, but did you get your, your, gig, your gig legs as I call them fairly quickly? Did you figure things out?
2: well I, I um, in, in in regards to this band I had to um, because like, when I first joined the band um, we had a residency um, mm. that week at a, um, at a Melbourne venue for, for four weeks um, and uh, so I was I was replacing the outgoing guitarist at, at that stage we were a five piece with another guitarist mm. and um, and uh, I, yeah basically I had to learn. Like the the entire mother mother slug catalog up until that date, um, but I mean these guys had already been a band for like a good five years before I joined, so they were they were pretty across it. Um, and yeah, like it. I guess it took a little while, but um, you know, like nothing beats like like a live experience. So um, I, I think when we made the decision to, um, go down to a four piece, um, like that's when I think things really started to gel for us. Um, Mm. and, uh, and yeah, like, I guess we haven't really looked back from from then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Did you guys, so you joined, are you the last member to join? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, Johnny come lately. Yeah. is it is it one of those bands that started as the vision of the lead singer and evolved through membership?
2: Nah, actually, um, I actually think um like you know, if we had to say that it was anyone's band, I'd say it's Nick, the drummer. Um mm. so he um yeah, he, he he met another dude um who who like was uh ended up being the first guitarist, just met met out at a gig like as you sort of often do. And, you know, you see see a cool band t-shirt and get chatting and and whatnot. And and they jammed for a while. And then um, uh, Nick's partner, Sin, is actually our bass player. Um, So, uh, you know, she played bass and and so she got involved from very early on. Um, And then, you know, after after a while of jamming, I think they they all just kind of said, you know, like, let's kind of get out of the lounge room, let's get a singer. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's when Cam came along. So, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, like, I I I would say, like, um, it's probably Nick's band. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting, a drummer having a band, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, the thing I I like to kind of, um, think of Nick as being like our Brant Bjork in a way, like he's not just the dude behind, behind the kit, like he, um, you know, he he writes music, like he plays bass, he plays guitar, um, you know, so he, like he he puts a lot more into the band than um, just sitting behind a kit, um, and we're really fortunate to have that, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are you considered? I'm not familiar with the Melbourne scene, by the way. So, are you considered local heroes? I mean, I can I can imagine that it'd be close to that by um, now.
2: I yeah, I don't know, like. I don't know about local heroes. I, I know, um, you know, the band's been around for over 10 years now and, um, pretty well established, but, um, like there's, there's heaps of good bands down here. So, uh, you know, we're just, uh, one of many, you know, of, a of a really, um, talented bunch of musicians that exist out there. There's, there's heaps of good bands. So, um, we're just kind of fortunate and, and happy to be a part of it, really.
1: Yeah, Melbourne's ridiculous. There's so many great musicians and, and great bands are always constantly coming out of Melbourne. Yeah. It's, it's just that it's freezing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe that's that's why there's so much good music, because everyone has to stay yeah, indoors. Stay
1: indoors, yeah. It no. probably is, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same thing yeah. in Britain, northern part of Britain and, and the like, you know, Scotland and all these killer bands that come out of these these places. Even Iceland's got some killer bands coming out of there yeah. at the moment, Petronian, uh, and it's it's got to it's gotta be something in what you just said there. I mean, here, I, I could never – I'll make this point before I answer this question. I could never resolve the Florida thing, though. You know, all the great death metal came out of Florida in the 90s, yeah. late 80s and 90s. Wouldn't they be outside yeah. like we are here? I mean, you reckon, yeah. the beach is just down the road here, this sort of thing. I have to sometimes sort of, I have to be very disciplined because we do so much stuff with the kids and get outdoors so much. But uh, in Melbourne, to your point, it's, it's easy to tell people, Hey, it's, what is it? 12 degrees today or 10 degrees today or what have you not going outside Mm. the 40s on after we jam.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, you know, you don't feel bad about staying indoors if it's gloomy and raining and you know, whereas it's like, I guess if the sun's shining and the beach is down the road, well, you know,
1: you're going to get out and and go for a swim. So, yeah,
2: Indeed,
1: yeah. Did you find it was a challenge to capture your your considerable live sound on through the digital audio workstation? Um,
2: uh, not really. Um, you know, like for the most part, <clears throat> we try and um, be able to um, kind of replicate live, whatever we, we put on a record. Um, but yeah, I guess like for the recording process, uh, of, um, Blood Moon Blues, um, we did, um, we did most of it together, like, you know, live in a room. Um, then I did some guitar overdubs just at the engineer's home studio and then, um, and then the vocals were done separately as well. Um, but, yeah. I mean, you know, like I, I, I do kind of, um, I do enjoy, um, having a bit of a distinction between, um, the studio process and the live process, because mm-hmm. in my opinion, they are different beasts. but, um, like we, we never kind of want to stray too far in one direction. Um, you know, like, uh, like it, it is good to, to make use of, you know, the studio trickery that's available to you to an extent. But, um, you know, like, uh, it is also good to, you know, like retain some of that that live sort of stuff if you can as well, because, you know, ultimately like, um, like, like we want to present like an example of what the band is. um, And, uh, you know, so there is always going to be an element of, um, like the live show in the recorded, um, you know, aspect.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, Um, i get you. What's that, what's that effect at the end of, uh, hordes that, um, you use because it's so subtle, but it really jumps out at you. It just sort of goes boom. And I love that sound.
0: Yeah. There's
2: a, uh, there's probably the, um, Earthquaker Devices Rainbow Machine, um, which is like a, a polyphonic like pitch shifter uh, yeah. um, thing, and it, you know you plug like an expression pedal into it, and it just sounds wacky. Um, so it's just kind of one of those like noise make weird, trippy noise making yeah. pedals. Like um, I, I don't actually know how usable they are, like practically speaking, but they sound great for like doing weird freak out stuff. Um, And then like the other, I think the other pedal that I used in there, um, because it was just like a bit of a mishmash towards the end of sounds, um, Mm -hmm. was a um, a Mr. Black downward Spiral, um, Mm -hmm. which is a, um, it's a delay pedal, but but each shift, uh, each um, delay, each each repeat um, pitch shifts down um, and it just keeps going. It's super cool. um, But again, not entirely practical. So
1: Yeah. yeah. Ah, sweet, yeah. Are there plans for taking the music on the road? Say, so you've got. I think you've got a, a small tour booked, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, even beyond that, are you planning on maybe even going overseas?
2: Uh, um, to be honest, there's there's nothing really planned at the moment. Um, uh, I mean, like I've I've just become a dad for the first time. Um, Congratulations, so-
1: mate. Well done.
2: Thanks. It's, it's the best thing in the world. Um, yeah, great. And, you know, like Cam, um, you know, as, as part of his work, like he's, he's working on a movie at the moment. Um, so, you know, I mean, we're, like, we're probably not really in a position to, to do too much touring. Um, you know, uh, we have had some kind of some record label interest and, you know, like there might be the possibility of, you um, you know, maybe maybe heading overseas at some point or, or something like that, um, you know, it'd be good to get up your way um, when we can. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got family up on the sunny coast and, oh, they, cool. yeah, any excuse yeah. to get up to Queensland is, um, you know, it's always a good time. Um, yeah, there's nothing really planned. Um, you know, I guess, yeah, we're like, you know, we're just kind of playing it by ear and, and seeing what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd love... If love it if Dicey could do some sort of a package where, I don't know about a festival, but just a few of you bands. So uh, I know Maddie out of Shotgun, Mistress and Werewolves, and these these bands, you guys, um, are Bremlin, it's all part of the, the the broader hard rock heavy metal universe, if you like. Yeah, I'd love it if you guys could come up together in some sort of a package, and uh, that'd be a hell of a night. That one right there, because you guys would be the circuit breaker, of course, in amongst a lot of that extreme stuff and, and straight yeah, rock rock. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, like you know, I mean, at some point, I'm sure we'll get up there. I think last time we were up there, we played. Um, it was called like Sludge on the Seas or something. It was like a um, wow. like a party boat that went out in the um, like in the Brisbane, um, on the river, eh? on the river. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that was amazing. That was so good. You know, it was, um, like, it was pretty tricky. Um, you know, after you had a few drinks and you you (laughs) trying to concentrate on playing guitar and boats rocking as well. So, you know, and then you can't hear anything either, you know, you know, there's, there's no, um, back or anything like that. So, yeah, but it was awesome. It was
1: an incredible night. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. I understand you guys supported Prong. Is that correct? Yeah, that was
2: um, that was before my time, so I, d- I actually don't know know too much about that. Um, yeah, I just saw yeah, it in the so presser. That, yeah, was,
1: what's that? Sorry, I just saw it in the presser, and I used to be a love Prong, still yeah. do. I just haven't I haven't listened to the new stuff. But uh, back yeah. in the nineties, though, one of the bands that are yeah, they're like alongside Pantera, White Zombie. Faith No More These sort of bands Megadeth But Prong Especially Tommy Victor's Guitar playing I don't think he ever Gets enough credit For the way in which He plays guitar But it's so simple But it's original It's a bit like weird comparison potentially with john deacon from queen you know like dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. simple yeah. bass line yet earth shattering because yeah. it just changed yeah. the game and same thing with with tommy's riffs and i was just wondering you being a guitarist if you actually had a chance to catch up with him but but evidently not all good no <laughs> no nah, nah, it was uh yeah it was before my time so, yeah nah. if you could meet anybody who would it be musicians I mean, it's probably a cliche
2: answer, but uh, you know, probably Jimi Hendrix. Um, oh yeah, well he's the. Uh, yeah. So was it um, if you could meet anyone?
1: Yeah, but that's okay. It's still a good answer. And as yeah. you can meet anybody from any time in history, go for it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, you know, probably, probably Jimi Hendrix. Um, and you know, um, I don't know. Jimi Page, incredible guitarist. Well, um, I wouldn't mind meeting Jesus. Um, not that I'm a, a born again Christian, but I actually think that he'd be a pretty, he'd be a pretty good dude to hang out with, um, you know. And I'm sure he'd probably like great music. But anyways, um, you know, yeah, <laughs> he was a rebel. Oh uh, like, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I guess back in, the – I, I kind of feel like it's really just his, probably his followers that, that give him a bad name these days. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like probably, you know. I mean. Yeah, you know, Jimi Hendrix just for that you know, he kind of he kind of just kind of changed the game. You know, there was kind of yeah. you know, I guess if we're gonna keep talking you know, doing the Jesus talk, there's uh, you know, BC was it before Christ and after Christ. It's like there's after before death, Jimi yeah. Hendrix
1: and BC, yeah. after Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Yeah. So. I tend I agree with you completely wholeheartedly, by the way. I've uh deep dived on Richie Blackmore's playing now. am I'm, I'm convinced he's the game changer overall. From the perspective that he took a lot of what these guys were doing and he, added, yeah. he took it he so he he was around after the Hendrixes and sort of around him at the same time but but yeah really yeah. after also paige and tony yeah. naomi but richie blackmore yeah. i'm convinced if he wasn't around and, and and michael Schenker too i must add michael Schenker was the guy that that joined that that made He's the guy who inspired the thrash guys, Dave Mustaine and James Hetfield. Without, yeah. without Schenker, you wouldn't have it, but I think Schenker's also inspired by, and I've spoken to Michael a bunch of times about this sort of stuff, and uh, yeah. he's inspired by Richie Blackmore too. So, And we all know Richie Blackmore's off with the fairies these days <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with the music doing he's his, creating.
2: Doing <laughs> his uh, his folk stuff with his wife whatever whatever he's doing. Yeah. Oh,
1: gosh, but, I don't know um, what he's doing, yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, I've heard know, it. Sorry, but
1: it's, yeah, go for yeah, it. Sorry. <laughs> I mean,
2: I guess, I guess, like Richie, um, you know, was one of the first ones to have like a metallic edge to his playing, um, and you know, like kind of all that, like you know, originator of that like neo-classical kind of kind of stuff as well. And um, you know, I don't think there, there probably
1: wouldn't be Ingvay without uh, without Richie. So. Oh, definitely not. No way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Yngwie's convinced. If there was no Ingve there'd be no Ingve, If you know what I'm saying, he influences <laughs> himself. You know, he's he's a. He's, I was just talking about him yesterday. He's an odd guy. Yeah, odd yeah. cat. He's one of the few few around because I love those first three albums. But he's one of the few that I probably wouldn't interview or wouldn't talk to because you yeah. don't want to meet. You certain heroes you don't want to meet. He's one of them.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. You might. Um, I don't know. I think I think Yngwie, uh, thinks quite highly of Ingve. So <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be pretty challenging to to try and have a conversation with
1: <laughs> I reckon he talks in the third person as well. So Ingve likes this amplifier. Ingve yeah. likes this guitar. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's odd, yeah. I mean it it's onward and upward for you guys though, with Blood Moon blues. It's a, it's a killer album. It's something that I've had on what I like and I've made this point a couple of times on the show. Some of my favourite records are those that I can put on in the background because I work from home and they don't detract from what I'm doing because if I listen to a I love Morbid Angel, but if I listen to Morbid Angel, oops, I've sent an email and I've got typos in it, this sort of thing. Yeah. But I've, I found with you guys I can turn it right down and it just blends right in, but I can also turn it up and it captures my attention and it also – engages my imagination too, I've got to say. I found myself, I found myself, I'll go back to Hordes again because it just it had that impact, but I was air guitaring along. It's been so long since I've done something like that. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I guess, you know, like um, I guess one of the things with this album is that like there's a bit of um, light and shade on there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's some acoustic guitars on there, which – I don't know, like five five or six years ago would have almost been un- unthinkable in, in Mother Slugland, you know. But um yeah. uh yeah, I, I think um like there's probably um you know, yeah, a bit of light and shade, which kinda which kind of speaks to your point about, you know, being able to put put on put it on in the background and um and have it blend in, um, like that. And, yeah, I guess um, you know, like this album is just like the natural evolution of the last album. And, you know, that's kind of where it's led us to at the moment with that light and shade and who who knows with the
1: next one. So, yeah.
2: How,
1: how does the Ballad of Jock Brown go down live if you've played it? How do, how does, how do people react?
2: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we, we played it um, last Saturday night. So that is one um, just to your question earlier about uh, the studio process and the live Mm. Um, experience. So that one is is one that's quite different like we you know there are quite a few guitars on that um on the album and there's some acoustic guitar in there and um and basically um you know I, I just try and um do a bit of an amalgamation of of what you hear on the record um just on the one guitar and um and basically it, it, we just kind of treat it like it as as a different There's a different experience, you know, it's, Mm. um, it's still the same song, but the clean guitar parts especially are are different. And, um, you know, like personally, I, you know, if I'm, um, like if I'm going to see a show, like I I like seeing a variation of, of the album. Um, and that's, that's definitely one of those songs where it's kind of like out of necessity, we have to do that. Yeah. Um, but once it, once it gets heavy, um, and we like, you know, we kind of, um, go into that heavy riff, then it, it's pretty much just like how it is
1: on the album. So, yeah. yeah, you're on a very similar track to what Matt Pike is on these days. Cause he's got a solo album out. If you've heard it, Pike versus the Automatron.
2: I haven't actually heard it, no, no, but yeah, I, I've been, been meaning to.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's real good, yeah. actually. It's like this, the Ballad of Jock Brown. There's a lot of tunes on there like that. He's he's branching out. You can feel he's it's not the, the high and fire thing. He's he's putting it. Uh, I mean, they're they're a Grammy award winning band, so of course they're going to keep going and doing their thing. But you know, Matt yeah. Pike is just such a creative individual that he started to do stuff which sounds like what you guys are doing a bit.
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know, hey, I mean, happy with uh, happy with that sort of company. You know, the, oh yeah, dude's a legend. So
1: yeah. Yeah, fan, mm-hmm. I, I've yeah I laboured the point I think on a podcast episode with the guitarist of In Flames, but he's such a good bloke too. To think about Matt, he, he's a genuinely good fella. I love that yeah. when you talk to people and he stopped the recording, I want to tell you something, you know, and and he we, and you just go, you just go there and he trusts you, he trusts that you're not going to be a tool and release stuff out yeah. there he doesn't want out there. It's happened a bunch of times with people, but I just remember that happened with my with Matt, and he's just a genuine bloke, and I love yeah. it when. Yeah, sorry. Just it, you can can you love their music, but then you love the person too. You can meet the yeah. person too.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, he does. He does. I've never met the guy, but he comes across as just like you know, genuine sort of bloke. Um, lovely dude. Um, yeah. yeah one one of the nicest guys I've ever met is Isaiah Mitchell from Earthless. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, you know, I mean, he's a he's a guitar god. In, in my eyes, like he's, he's one of the best guitarists in the world today and just an absolutely lovely bloke, um, <clears throat> really humble. Um, and I guess like, you know, when you get to a certain level of, you know, uh, success or notoriety or, mm. or fame or whatever it is, like, you know, um, I guess you kind of got nothing to prove. So you don't need to be, a you know, an arrogant douchebag.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it does work a lot like that, I find, with rock and heavy metal. Once you've managed to make a living out of it and you're there, all of those guys, the only exception to that is probably Rex from Pantera, who's a bit of a grumpy old bastard, but whatever, you know, that happens. You know, he's a former alcoholic. He still is an alcoholic. You never really recover. Poor bastard on that respect. But he's just, you know, I think he needs this Pantera reunion if it doesn't because his relevance is as the basis for Pantera. He tried that solo album and it, didn't connect with
0: people. Yeah. And it was
1: it was quite rude during interviews too. I just find it unnecessary, mate. I mean, if you've got people like me, you're only only fans do this, by the way. It's not like you get paid to do this or what have you. I'm not saying we should, because it's an enjoyment, a massive enjoyment factor. Personally, yeah. enormously yeah. fulfilling. But if you're speaking to people who whose music you supported and bought the concert tickets and the t-shirt and all the rest of it and their dicks to you, it can ruin the experience a bit. And I didn't do that for me. I've got to say, but it might do yeah. that for other people. And I think those guys, you know, that's that's one example out of God. How many interviews have I done with these these legends of what it is that we appreciate? You know, and he's one of the yeah. only ones that I'd say I probably wouldn't talk to again that I've already spoken to. You know, but um, yeah. but yeah, and just on Earthless too, I love Mario's drumming, Mario Rubalcaba. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's great, isn't he? Um, yeah, Keith Moon. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's, he's a machine. Yeah yeah he's in rocket from the crypt as well did you know that yeah
2: yeah uh, so he's in he like uh, he, he's in rocket from the crypt then uh and off as well um, okay. so yeah which uh like a you know like a like a punk band and yeah. um yeah like he um and he was pro skater before before being a pro musician so mm. um you know he's a pretty
1: talented guy yeah, yeah indeed yeah yeah. Well, look, I'll wrap things up, but before I let you go, can you tell people? Can you direct them to where they can support you? I like to tell people, hey, support the band if you like, and buy merch or a CD or a record, this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, it's uh, it's available um, on Bandcamp. Um, it's uh, it's available as a digital download um, on Bandcamp. I believe that we have pre-orders up for vinyl. Um, we just got the test pressing. Uh, test pressings for, for the vinyl um, last week, and you know, that's all sounding pretty good. So we'll have those at some point in the near future. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, Dark
1: Web, I don't know, <laughs> wherever. So, um, Where yeah. the good music is found, the Dark Web. Yeah, there exactly. You <laughs> so, yeah, whilst, you're, whilst you're ordering your methamphetamine, why don't you dive into yeah. the band?
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, you know yeah. but yeah i mean it's yeah it's um it's uh, it's available to to download on our uh, bandcamp and um you know it's, it's on spotify and all those sort of places
1: that so, yeah. yeah cool yeah well thanks very much for the chat and look just congratulations on this this unbelievable album that you've you've carved here i, I truly hope that it does reach the audience that you deserve that people don't just sort of listen to it a couple of times and move on. I think it's it's a far deeper album than that. It's richer than that, and it deserves to be to be listened to. And I'll, I'll do my bit here when we release this and put it on, you know, the episode up on the show and on the website and all the rest of it. But I, I hope people get behind you with this one here because it deserves it.
2: Uh, well, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, um, yeah, like, like I said, you know, like we're, we're all just a bunch of people that have have day jobs and, you know, we're just passionate about music so, you know, like, um, you know, we're really humbled when, when people like yourself kind of like show an interest and, and take the time to, to listen to the album and, um, you know, and support the band and um,
1: so, yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks for chatting to me. It's a pleasure, mate. No worries. All the best of it and hopefully we'll catch up again when you're up here playing. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Thanks, bro. Have a great one. You too, man. Thanks, man. Catch ya. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Regan from the group Mother Slug. What a lovely fella. And congratulations again there, Regan, on the birth of your baby. It's awesome stuff being a father. A big commitment. It's got to be said. Gosh, I've got two of my own. As many of you who listen to the show regularly will know I insert anecdotes from time to time, but there is nothing more rewarding than being a parent Gosh, there's a lot going on for Regan. Parenthood, this killer album as well, Blood Moon Blues from Mother Slug, epic stuff. If you like that interview, there are plenty more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. And if you like listening, maybe you like reading because I've written a book. Scars and Guitars Volume One Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. Click on the link in the banner at scarsandguitars.com and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice. And you can download a sample. If you do complete the purchase, hit me up because I want to thank you in person. Once again, thanks very much for listening to the show. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith. This is the Scars and Guitars podcast. And until next time, it is a very goodbye for now.